0: Welcome to Your Voice Must Be Heard podcast. I'm your host, Marquita McGee, a happy wife, proud mother, career woman, and voiceover artist. I created this podcast as a place to be encouraged through wisdom for different aspects of life. We all navigate through the many challenges of life, feeling unfulfilled in our purpose, and we believe there's more. We will explore in this podcast keys to unlock the door to the next level and transform. I'll be interviewing people who have found unconventional wisdom that catapulted them to success in business, health, relationships, and their gifts in the arts. We will reflect on how you can apply unconventional wisdom to achieve your success, affirming what you believe, and helping you create your transformation story. Come along with me into this week's episode to capture this wisdom and have forward movement in your life. We're on the final pillar for season one of this podcast, health and wellness. I chose this category because it's important that we have good health. Without it, it can be hard to have success in other areas of your life and go to the next level. For this pillar, I decided to focus on a more non-traditional way instead of the traditional medicine we're all used to. Traditional medicine has its place, and I thank God for it at times. However, alternative medicine can be just as effective and contribute greatly to our overall health and well-being. We will focus on chiropractic care, which is not just about the spine. In my experience, for over a decade I've been using chiropractors. At first it was due to injury. Now it's part of my preventative care to be healthy and stay healthy. This episode is Health and Wellness Part 1, The Human Body a self-healing, self-regulating organism with Dr. Marco Belazir. Dr. Belazir specializes in sports performance optimization. He has worked with a great deal of world and Olympic champions and world record holders in track and field, as well as NFL and NBA athletes, making a positive impact in their performance. As an Olympic-level athlete, He is able to translate the knowledge and expertise of a keen understanding of biomechanical functions of the human body as it relates to increased peak performance from a neuromusculoskeletal point of view to work with the best athletes at all levels. He has the skill set necessary to assess and deliver effective neuromusculoskeletal treatment for accelerating healing from injury, optimizing human performance, predicting and preventing injury. Now. A lot of this interview will be shared from the athletic perspective, but can also be for the everyday person, just with a lot less stressors than the high-performing athlete. There are stressors we deal with as well, from the daily use of technology to sedentary lifestyles. I'll tell you one thing. If we don't correct and optimize our nervous system, our overall health can diminish without us even knowing how or why. We would think it's one problem, But in actuality, the root cause is something else. So let's open our mind to learn a lesson about the human body and how we can improve our quality of life. Today, we have a world-class Olympic athlete and now a world-class doctor of chiropractic with a specialty in sports chiropractic. I'd like to welcome Dr. Marco Belazier to the show. Welcome, Dr. Marco.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Thank you for being here. Okay. You come with such a wealth of knowledge and resource about the healthcare industry, as well as the sports industry. So I want to jump right in. You were an Olympic track athlete professional, and you ended up in even greater purpose and call for your life. You were going to medical school, but then you chose chiropractor school instead. Why?
1: Well, um, one one of one of the uh main reasons was when I was doing my undergrad and i was doing my pre med when when we were part of the uh pre professional club uh most of the people that were going into into the medical field, whether it be uh medicine or dentistry to me it seemed more like it was a it's a matter of status rather than okay i wanna i wanna go out and help people mm-hmm. So um, I used to admire a lot of the a lot of the kids that were that made the dean's list, and I never made the dean's list. But you know, I still had you know decent grades, but never made the dean's list. And I used to admire them. And we had one particular class, uh, histology, and typically they said that that was the hardest class in the in the pre med program. And I was determined to get a, at least a B in that class. So I remember studying for 15 straight hours uh, for that test. And when I sat down to take the test, the instructor, you know, he had a stroke. So, you know, he was a little Mm -hmm. bit paralyzed on one side. And while doing the exam, which was mostly essays, I kind of looked to my right and saw some of the kids that I actually admired. Uh, They had the open book. And, you know, so I started (laughs) to laugh and I said, well, wait a minute, these kids are no are no more special than me. Mm. A couple of years later, uh, one of my one of my teammates, you know, he asked me what I was doing. Uh, once we you know we were about to graduate, and he says, "What what are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm studying for the MCAT, you know, the medical medical college admission test." But mm. I've also looked into some chiropractic schools, and uh, he said, "Well, I just applied to one, and and I got accepted. He just had to pass uh, his physics." And he was in, he was going to go. And I said, well, the following year was an Olympic year. So I wanted to, you know, focus on training to, to try to make the Olympic team. So I, uh, I just told him, once you get down there, just let me know and, and how, you know, how things were. And he, you know, we kept in touch. And eventually I, I ended up in chiropractic school, still not knowing if, uh, if chiropractic was, you know, the route. I just knew it was something different. But what happened was I was sitting down in philosophy class and the instructor was talking about health and, you know, but unfortunately he didn't look very healthy. You Mm. know, so I said to myself, I says, what can you, what can you teach me about health? You don't, you don't look very healthy. And I says, I just, I just made an Olympic team. And in his teachings, he said some things that kind of got me off of looking at the wall. He says, the human body is a self-healing, self-regulating organism. Mm. And I said, okay, now you got my attention. And his next words were, the power that made the body will heal the body. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And at that particular point, I knew, okay, I am in the right profession. So I made it my business from that point on to become the best chiropractic uh, or the best chiropractor that I could be.
0: That's a great story, finding your purpose through that and going against the grain. Like you said, the popularity thing was going to medical school, Mm -hmm. but it was more like a status thing for those people. Mm -hmm. You wanted to make a difference and that you are doing. And so you've built this great career with sports chiropractic and working with athletes and getting them to their higher level of performance. Uh, What is something you do different from other chiropractors?
1: Well, it's several things I bring to the table more so than uh, the traditional chiropractor is, you know, first of all, I, I train and competed at a high level. I have coached and presently still coach at a high level. I coach, you know, I help coach Olympic athletes Mm. and I've got specialized training that gives me a special set of skills. You won't necessarily see with all chiropractors when it comes to uh, performance care. So, so I my my focus is not so much uh, treating an injury or treating um, uh, symptoms, but rather dealing with performance. Simply because the the athlete or the high level athlete is putting their body uh, at a much higher level of stress than the general population. So, in essence, they're beating up their body. So with you beating up the body the body needs the proper tools to be able to recover okay mm-hmm. if you if you give it some tools and not the proper tools you will feel better but the goal here is not for you to feel better the goal as a performance athlete is to function better mm. so an an example that i give you know a lot of the athletes when i'm working with them it says you are a ferrari so a ferrari requires a uh, specialized type of fine tuning okay so because it requires specialized fine uh, specialized type of fine tuning he says you don't necessarily take that ferrari to a minivan mechanic okay so because if you take it to a minivan mechanic the minivan mechanic might be good at working at working with minivans but because you're not a minivan is not going to not going to make you perform at peak levels mm. okay so it's the same thing with the with the type of care that, that, that I'm rendering. I'm looking for additional things that because you know they, they, they are taking their bodies to higher levels. So you have to be able to understand how is it that that body functions in a, in in any specific sport from a from a from a tennis player to a, a football player to a receiver to a, to a, to a running back to a, to a lineman to a soccer player, to an Olympic long jumper versus an Olympic hurdler, okay? So it's different types of mechanics uh, to an Olympic sprinter. Mm. So you have to be able to kind of understand what are some of the mechanisms, you know, in terms of mobility and what are some of the types of things that will make their body not function at high levels. I, I specialize in a specific technique called advanced muscle integration, and what what this technique focuses on is helping to reset the neurology mm. from the brain to the muscle, yeah. because, you know, muscles are the supportive structure of the entire skeletal system and muscles have a lot of specialized receptors. So when you stress a muscle beyond its ability to adapt, either due to lack of conditioning or that or the stress is too severe for it to handle. One of two things will happen. Either that muscle will tear, and or the brain basically sends a signal to shut the muscle off. Okay? Similar to a circuit breaker. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's a protective mechanism. But what happens is this is that muscle still fires, but only in a passive range of motion. Anything that's active will now give you pain where that muscle attaches. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the brain now has to compute a strategy of adaptation. So what it does is going to shift the joint's angle, okay? Okay. Shift the joint's angle. By shifting the joint's angle, it's going to take the stress off of that muscle that has been shut off or inhibited, but unfortunately, it's going to put it on the muscle that's right next to it. And what happens is if we are successful in that adaptation, the pain goes away. But what you have to understand is we are adapting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So adaptation is not efficiency. So when it comes to the general population, they might be able to get away with certain things. Okay. Mm -hmm. But a performance athlete, if they're functioning at 85%, okay, when they're requiring their body to function at 80, at 100%, rather, okay, that body is going to eventually kind of either hit a glass ceiling or basically propose another injury. Just another injury. What happens with performance athletes, it's uh, they become masters at adapting, put it that way. Mm. Okay. And they 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 have a keen ability to block pain sensation to the brain. Okay. So what happens is they, you know, they're so focused, they're able to perform at such high levels that they could bring it down a notch or two, and they're still performing at a high level, but they're not performing at peak levels. Okay, and when you're asking the body to perform at peak levels, that's the difference between having a good game or uh, a good meat versus a great game or great meat. Okay, so what happens is the body now keeps breaking down and the body keeps finding ways to adapt. But in the process, keeps basically hiding injuries, you know, and keeps creating layers and layers and layers of adaptation. And eventually what happens is the body is going to run out of places to hide these inhibitions. And now you're going to end up with something that's chronic. Okay. So when there's chronicity, what begins to happen is the body as a way of creating some form of stability, what it's going to do is going to cause the muscles to be chronically tight. Okay. So what happens when the muscles are chronically tight, we have to bear in mind that when we look at stability in the joint, um, muscles provide 80% of the active stability. So for an example, if I'm raising my arm to create a motion, mm-hmm. um, my muscles are the ones that are supposed to initiate that. So that's 80%. That's the active stability, okay? When I'm getting to the end range of motion, that's passive stability. That's when the ligaments and the tendons will come into play basically to prevent me from dislocating my shoulder. In this case, I'm raising my arm, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, however, the brain is not going to allow a muscle to engage if that muscle is not capable of stabilizing that joint. So what does a lot of the work is the ligaments, the tendons, the joint capsule. Okay. So that's where you run the risk of, you know, uh, dislocation or a fracture or just, uh, a, a strain. Okay. And at that point, they will, they will give you a diagnosis of tendonitis or capsulitis or bursitis. And you will look at the, um, and then they will treat it with perhaps some anti-inflammatories and something like that. Or, and what, what we have to bear in mind is that this is a chronic issue. And we can't look at the inflammation as the source of the problem. We have to look at what's, the, what's, what's actually creating that inhibition. Okay. So what, you know, traditionally what they would do is they will bring down the inflammation, And sometimes if there's some type of restriction, they will try to, you know, perhaps loosen up the muscles and, uh, you know, create a little bit better mobility. But what happens is if you create mobility and not stability, you're predisposing that person to further injury. Mm. Okay. So with the technique that that we do now, what, what we assess the functional divisions of each muscle to determine uh which division is off and and basically by by determining which this division is off we we're able to assess which are the positions of instability so it could be that say for example you 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 strain your hamstring but in essence it's not necessarily the hamstring it's probably the glute that shut off but because the glute Mm -hmm. was not firing properly it causes the hamstrings to overwork. Then your back gets tight, and you start looking at all the other areas of tightness as that's where the problem. And you treat that, and it feels better. And if you neglect what's actually causing that hamstring, or if in fact it is the hamstring that's actually, uh, you know, strained, and you just focus on that area and neglect checking the entire body to see where are the areas of compensation, then we end up with that, you know, uh, what do we call a uh, uh, vicious cycle? Okay, you know, reoccurring injuries, reoccurring injuries yes. because we're not necessarily addressing the root cause. So, with this technique, what we what we do, when we talk about the functional divisions, is when you take the muscle and you strip the fascia off. The fascia is that sheet that covers the muscle that's very rich in nerve endings. Okay, when you yes. strip that fascia, you actually see that. Uh, the muscles will, will have divisions or will have different heads or different points of attachment. And what happens is collectively, uh, as a unit, that mus that, that entire muscle will create the, the whole action, but individually, each division functions in a particular in a particular position. And that's what how we're able to determine, okay, is this division versus this division? So this is probably the mechanism that you're doing it correctly outside. We can uh, treat an issue, but if not, if I'm not able to tell you where it's coming from or what is it that you're possibly doing out there, you're going to go back out there and repeat the same issue, okay? Mm -hmm. And at that point, mostly of what I'm becoming to you is just a very expensive aspirin.
0: Wow, this is very enriching. You just gave us a crash course on human anatomy, biomechanics, how the muscles function, You know, through the eyes of an athlete. And so I'd like to apply this to, to the regular person, this advanced technique that you do. Mm -hmm. Do you prescribe this for the regular person, say that someone who's very, who has a very busy active life, you know, or someone who sits a lot at work or drives a lot as part of their work or they're on their feet a lot. How do you apply this technique? Is it similar to the regular person?
1: Well, yes, we might not have to do as much work as an athlete will have to do that you that you might have to do on an athlete, but nonetheless, yes. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Uh, some of those people that are not very active, you know, in terms of uh, you know competitive training, might be weekend warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a, a pastor come in here and you know he's he's very he's he's fairly active but likes to do flips in the air and play frisbee and things like that and and one of those that he flipped in the air when he when he landed his ankle went one in one direction and his body went in the opposite direction so he basically tore every ligament in his in his ankle Mm -hmm. okay so what happened at that point was uh he was doing rehab. They, you know, obviously they had to do surgery and they did they did they did the surgery and everything looked great. If you look at the x-rays, you know, he's he had a joint, he had a, you know, he had you know um good position with everything. Everything looks solid. However, when he got out of the car when he came here, he walked like a pirate, okay, with his legs mm-hmm. stiff because he put, he couldn't apply any pressure on it. So He couldn't even preach standing up because even putting the weight on it, standing up holding the Bible, he couldn't put that pressure on it. He came in, we took a, we you know, we sat down, took a history, started working, you know, started activating some muscles and obviously adjusting the joints. Okay, and session three, which was, you know, he was coming from California, so we were doing an intensive, so working a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, and you know, when we had the third session. Um afterwards, after we activated, I put him on a vibration plate just to kind of, you know, increase some blood flow to the area. And then I said, okay, let's go outside. And he literally went outside and started speed walking. Okay. Mm. And then decided, okay, let me start doing a little easy jogging. And he started doing an easy jogging. And then he went behind the car. And I had the other doc that was uh was filming it. And I said, you know, what's, what's wrong with him? He says, you know, he's, he's behind the car. He's in tears. And I said, he's in tears. Okay. Wow. Okay. But you know, the reason he was in tears is that they told him that if he wanted to be able to walk again without pain, he had to amputate or mm. they had to amputate the ankle. Okay. Just take his foot off and put a prosthetic. But we were able to do that stuff. And, you know, now that pastor, so yeah, we had, we did extensive work on him, but, uh, he was, you know, he's, he's able to do, he's doing, uh, uh, triathlons now and things like that. You could still see a visible, visible, um, you know, uh, limp when he runs, but he's able to run. Yes. You see? And he had, uh, two small daughters, two and three. He couldn't pick the, he couldn't pick them up. His wife was pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. and he had the two. He couldn't pick up his two little girls. So what happened is, after we worked with him, he went back. He went back to California, and then he posted. He posted a video on uh, on Instagram, and you know, kind of giving his testimony. But in the video, he's walking up the stairs holding both of his daughters in mm. each each one of his arms. Mm. So he was able to do that, you know. So nice. You know it's obviously is going to benefit obviously because a, a a high performance athlete is 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 putting you know it's putting their body at a much much higher level of stress and that's just beating up their body much more than the, the average person they need a little bit more care however because with so much technology we don't necessarily practice what we call spinal hygiene okay mm-hmm. in terms of sitting correctly, standing correctly, you know, when you're with the phone, not, not sitting down, you know, with your head looking down, um, you know, s- sleeping on the stomach, uh, you know, lying down with two and three pillows, you know, the forms that, you know, the way that how you get in and out of a car. So a lot of things that we do on a daily basis are contributing to it. So these, these are creating micro traumas. So eventually those micro traumas become something bigger, okay? And then now all of a sudden you decide that you wanna uh, you wanna go for a walk, okay? And you don't properly you know warm up before that walk, and all of a sudden when you come back from that walk, now everything is hurting. Your knee is hurting. Your ankle is hurting. Your hips are hurting. Your back is hurting. Everything is hurting, okay? And you think, okay, let me let me just take something to alleviate the pain, rather than okay something could be off, mm-hmm. okay? It could be a joint that's off or it could be uh, a muscle that's off that's affecting the joint and there, therefore affecting your way of life or your daily activities.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Voice Must Be Heard podcast. I hope the story you heard inspired and motivated you to take action for transformation in some aspect of your life. I would love it if you send an email with questions, share your enlightening moment, or profound wisdom you may have. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Your Voice Must Be Heard Podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. See you in the next episode. Bye.